Thank you for joining us on Walking Between Worlds, a podcast produced by Culturebound. Our goal is to create conversation about elements of culture and to listen to the perspectives of others. Culturebound does not endorse a specific opinion expressed on this show, but values the discussions that take place. To learn more about Culturebound, visit culturebound.org or follow at culturebound.org on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Walking Between Worlds. We are beginning a new series on culture in church. Um, If you've been following along with our social media over the last month, you'll see several interactive questions on our page that you can take a look at and interact with. That would be culturebound.org is the handle on our Instagram. You can find us on Facebook as well. So if you want a refresher before we get into this topic, like the other series before, you can go ahead and take a look at that get into some of those questions because we're going to be diving into some of those in the podcast today and in the next few weeks. A quick logistical announcement, Walking Between Worlds is going to be shifting our structure slightly. Um, We're going to be focused on uh, creating more quality, rich episodes for you as a listener. And in order to do that, um, we're going to be shifting our release schedule to every two weeks. So for example, for this series, we're going to be releasing three episodes on November 2nd, 16th, and 30th, um, instead of every single week through November. So that will make it easier for us to put more high quality content out there for you. um, And we hope you're able to enjoy that. Um, So if you are a weekly listener, keep that in mind going forward. And we've appreciated your support. (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much for continuing to listen to our podcast. Um, We truly, truly appreciate all of you who take the time to listen um, and support us. So thank you. So this episode and this series, we're going to be talking about culture in the church. And I think we need to to start off that topic by defining what church is. And Terry, yes, I know you have so much experience um, in the in the church and we're and you have eight p- full pages of notes well that... i mean that one looks like a half a page so yeah, it's a well you know, <laughs> seven it's and a half tiny to font exactly and barely not and even double space, space. Yeah. this is this is you can't tell i'm passionate about this subject yeah. at all yeah so we've got terry on board today with tons of resources to add to this conversation we've got jacob um with us today our producer as well and um all of us have been in church ministry in some way We've grown up in the church, pretty much all of us, yes. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean. In and out. I've had my, we've all got stories. Exactly. We've all got experiences (laughs) with church. Um, We are bringing all of our experiences into this conversation, but we do want to put an emphasis on how church and culture interact together. Um, So let's start by defining church. When you think of church, um, what are like the basic things that come to mind immediately? Not a technical definition, just what what pops up. Yeah. It's meeting together. Mm-hmm. It's where people say, well, I, I, I go to church online, one of the things that we've had with COVID, mm-hmm. but then they never come back. It's There's a point of growth. You can grow in Christ and grow in the spirit on your own, but the body don't neglect the meeting together as someone in the habit of doing. That's a big, big warning in the New Testament because if we're not meeting together, we are not urging each other on to grow. The point of the body is to equip and cause growth. Mm-hmm. You can't do that as a solo, mm-hmm. but that's become very much a part of the American church atmosphere is I'll show up yeah. once a month as opposed to once or twice a week. Yeah. I think to not get 
technical about it yet. And by technical, I mean like incredibly biblical about it yet. I think just looking at contemporary culture, the definitions in flux, because like yeah. you pointed out, we're coming in a COVID world where church looked like flipping open a laptop or a computer and watching a live yeah. stream. And that became the norm that we yeah. made for the phrase going to church that. And so I think we're in a flux. I think we're still in that flux. I feel like there's churches who have yeah. started think, to land. That I think plan. some people were there. I think that applies to a specific demographic and a lot mm-hmm. of people, their definition okay. of church is still, you know, we show up on a Sunday morning, we do yeah. worship together, we do well, a, I, a sermon and then we go. And, yeah. and, and maybe the current attitude I can sum up in a joke that was a Bible school joke 25, 30 years ago. And that is, a number of the men, I knew the men, on campus would name their bed the word or the body. So they would say, I, I, went, um, I rolled oh. over, <laughs> I went to the body today, or I was in the word this morning. And that was okay, code this... word for I went to church, but everyone knew they were full of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, to get back to your point, I think, yes, like, the, like when we already believed that church was you come you sing a few songs you listen to a sermon and then you're out then the transition of making church online is seamless Mm -hmm. because your ideal and definition of church at that point hasn't changed just the vessel in which you consume it so good point one of the big issues i've always had in i've been in different forms of leadership in the church in different positions from the silent to the upfront and one of my biggest issues is when we make the church about attending, not participating. Mm-hmm. And we as the body are supposed to be bringing our gifts together. And so what we have, and the, the standard line is 80% of, the, 80% of the work in the church is done by 20% of the people. And you've known this as well, both of you, because you're part of the 20%. The best gifted people in a church we want for a new position are already doing two to three ministries. Mm-hmm. And so one of the current struggles and one of the things I'm trying to figure out how to make happen is how do you, how do you motivate people to come to the church and contribute rather than just Show become consumers? Show up to get fed by everything else. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. We yeah. become the buyers and sellers of religious goods and services. Yeah. Right. We treat, we treat service or church as a commodity to yes. be Yes. To be consumed and to give us something. Or a show that can entertain us. Yes. Yep. So that's currently where I see like culture's definition of church, or at least I should specify American and Western understanding of what church United is. United States American, because I wouldn't even put that no, on I Canada. No, I wouldn't Oh, yeah. no. When I, and no. when I say American too, I don't. Yeah, we, we are defining it United States American, yeah. not it, Central American, yeah. not South North American. American. Yeah. No. Yeah, but no. we get back to the original question, which is. It sounds like our definition mm-hmm. of church, or at least mine, and that is kind of echoing what Terry said. It's, it's the coming together. Like there's mm-hmm. a community aspect that's involved, and it's more than just a Sunday morning. Um, the body of Christ doesn't meet yeah. in a building. It meets together. Yeah, and so there's the inherent of church is community. It's, yeah. the, it's the communal worship of God. Yeah. Um, but... And so that's where sermon and worship become just tools of that vision. They're not church. They're just what helps us get to communal worship. And that's also the form that it takes here. Yeah. And there are some basics we have in Scripture, but it doesn't tell us the right structure. 
like the idea of an opening a song or two and then announcements and then greeting, which no one does anymore because you can't touch people because of COVID. And then, well, no, I mean we've had me- we've had people at the door the last true the last several, like true. month or so at yeah. least, which has been cool. But then special music offering, which again we don't do that anymore. Um, we we don't want to have touch there, so we put our money in little boxes at the different parts of the church, and then a sermon, okay. and then a closing worship set. That's evangelicalism in eighty percent of America. It's almost like the Bible's intentionally quiet about it. Because I think you have to contextualize. When you look at how far mm. the gospel spread in the first 10 to 15 years, they were getting into India. Yeah. They were getting into Gaul, which is France. I mean, they were getting all over the place yeah. because Pax Romana, piece of Rome, had conquered so much of the territory around the Middle East. Yeah, they got true. to go in huge amounts of areas, and there was variance in all these different areas. It's why we eventually got to the Great Schism, uh, mm-hmm. which is East and West uh, splitting. Somewhat, somewhat doctrinal, but in large part, it was style. Yeah. And Scripture does not say, here's the right way of doing it. I love Bible school. They were like, we must have a New Testament church. And so they wanted to copy the New Testament first 50 years of the church with the way the church met. So we got rid of big buildings. And you met in houses, and you and I'm like, wait, you understand the day of Pentecost, the church ended up being a mega church of five thousand people the first day of after Pentecost, and then you split it up to all. So there is no one right way. Yeah, I think yeah, because like you said, it comes down from style choices. Like there's some things that yes, the Bible is very clear. Like this is the to use culture bound terminology. This is the core, the roots of church. Yes, mm-hmm. it, these are the essential things that need to be grown upon. Mm-hmm. But after that, there seems to be room to allow for like how different styles of worship that come from different cultural values. And I'm gonna step on this because our founder many many moons ago this is before it was culture bound actually told me a story of working with africans where they were singing in english mm-hmm. american hymns like mighty fortress is our god which by the way is a german bar song given christian names and 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 meaning and that's so far away from africa and he went to them and he said guys this is not you and they said Eh, it's what we were told. And so he spent years Ooh. working with these people, understanding and that... now we have the problem of... Well... Of missions. <laughs> uh, One of yeah, the issues of missions. Yeah. And, and eventually he was working with people who would sing in their native language songs that they made up to praise Jesus. Yeah. We have a Cuban yeah. congregation in our church, and I've sat in on a number of the services, and I don't speak Spanish. It's one of those things on my to-do list. It's my bucket list. But I had... um. One of my friends who was fluent in Spanish grew up in Mexico. Mm-hmm. He translated the words for me and it has nothing to do with the focus that American churches have, which is God, thank you, you're so great, you're wonderful. They were talking about being freed from prison and we no longer have the chains and we're no longer over under the, the taskmaster. And it's a completely yeah. different focus in worship. Yeah. And it fits them. And for us as Anglos, Caucasian, to take up that meaning, we don't have the experience. Right. And that's where I think heart language is yes. so, yes. so important. Um, 
And I mean, you see that all throughout scripture, people crying out to God in their own language in, in a way that they can relate to God. And my thought is that this applies to like the idea of speaking in tongues yeah. is speaking. Part of that is, is speaking in a language that you and God are the only ones that understand. You're then, crying out in your very own heart language yes. to God. And there's something so important about that because God is someone is God is a God who knows us and wants us to be known by him. And yep. he wants us to know him. Well, Which even is, sorry, look, look at the way the Bible ends. Right. It's not that we're all unified. There's no longer this diversity. I mean, there is unity. There is unity, but, but it's. It's not unity under God, not unity under a language or under a nation. Well, yeah, exactly. and so yeah. It's, it's redefining what we may think of unity for some, because there's some that see unity and hear that we're supposed to be of one mind, one body, one spirit, to use Ephesians, mm-hmm. um, and say, well, that means we all have to think the same, be the same. No. And really what the the... Unity that the Bible talks about, I, I like the terminology more as harmony. Yes. Mm-hmm. Of different notes coming together to form something beautiful mm-hmm. as opposed to playing just one note. Right. I would hate to see my African or Cuban brothers and sisters try to worship only in my style because I know my style is fairly mellow. And there are times when we worship with people in different cultures where they unleash something in you mm-hmm. that you've never realized is there. Mm-hmm. And that's a human experience that they embrace just because my culture tends to sit on their hands. And that can be legitimate. Yeah. But that doesn't mean it's the only way or the best way of doing that. And I think mm-hmm. we've had a lot of the, well, this is the best way of doing it, which is where we get into denominational shifts, yep. cultural there shifts. We go. And we teach people how to do church based on our experience, not based upon the basics of scripture, mm-hmm. um, which if you can't tell is kind of a hobby horse of mine. Mm-hmm. So that's the, the big core um, mm-hmm. topic that I want to get at this series is that we know that practicing Christianity or um, doing church for lack of a better phrase, it looks different door to door, like neighbor oh, to neighbor within the completely. same city block. You can have, a dozen different ways of being a Christian or a dozen different ways of doing church. Which is why what Culture Bound does in training to understand other cultures mm-hmm. is so absolutely necessary. That's why it's important for churches to have that kind of training, exactly. right? Exactly. So we and have we so many differences. We have so many differences door to door, let alone culture to culture. Yep. And so how do we deal, if we can't even figure out our door to door differences, how are we going to figure out culture to culture differences? How uh, can we be the church not not your local church building, but yep. capital C church with so many differences rife between us. We need to know what the basics of the church are, and we find that mm. throughout Scripture. And then we hang on to those and figure out how to contextualize them. Mm. But there are a few things you avoid. Um, this is an older story, but it's, it's still painful. Uh, a woman uh, came to the pastor and said, I will come back to church when you stop talking about this other guy. And he said, who? And she says, this Jesus guy. I don't like you talking about him because you don't talk about us enough. Or the, a different Ooh. pastor who said, we tend to avoid talking about Jesus because he tends to drive people away. 
And if we're getting rid of Jesus, any theology that you have or doctrine that you have that makes Jesus a bad Christian, mm-hmm. I would question. And we have a, a bunch of doctrines out there that do that. Mm-hmm. But what are the basics of the church? What makes a church a church? Well, I've got a list. Yeah, you do. I see it. You've got eight pages of list <laughs> in front of you. <laughs> I'm not a nerd at all. Yeah. I am. No, we need, uh, we need you to be that. Uh, I think it's safe the, to say we're kind of all nerds in our own wins. True. Right? That's true. <laughs> so Matthew 28 says, make disciples. It doesn't say go. It says make disciples. That's the imperative. Go make disciples. As you go on your way, make disciples. That means when you're driving to work, make disciples. That means the Starbucks you stop at, get to know the baristas. Get to the, ask them about their life. Know how to pray for them. Ask permission to pray for them. You say, but that doesn't make them Christians. No, you're making disciples, which is an ongoing process. You have equipping, all these passages on gifting, to equip the body to work. Why? To do the work of the gospel, which is making disciples. Evangelism, that's making disciples. Fellowship, that's being the body together so we can build up it's together. It's discipling each other. Exactly. <laughs> Instruction or teaching in the, in the Great Commission. Teaching them all I have told you. That's also discipling. Uh-huh. Prayer, that's important. And then the sacraments. Now, depends on what church you go to, what denomination, but evangelicalism and Protestantism usually have two sacraments, and that's, got a debate about this yesterday, <laughs> that is baptism and communion. Mm-hmm. Now, there are other things the church does, like we're but talk- those are, are not the markers really quick, of the church. Can you define what, a, what the word sacrament means? Because I'll, I'll tell you why. Because I've, yeah. I've grown up in church, and I've never heard that word used. It's only used in seminary and Bible school. Right. So Do, We have ordinances, but you see, ordinances is when you talk about uh, ordination or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The basic are this. They are markers that God has set aside as markers of his body. I understand the Catholic Church has mm-hmm. seven sacraments. Mm-hmm. Evangelicalism, and really Martin Luther narrowed it down to baptism and communion, the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. Um, they add things like confession, which is a great yeah. idea. Yeah. And should that be a mark? We should be willing to you know, confess I mean, to one another. I mean, the Bible says to confess. But it's not a ritual, mm-hmm. right? We don't, have to have, we don't have to go to the high priest to get our sins forgiven. We confess one to another. That's why the body works, mm-hmm. okay? Um, there are other sacraments that the uh, Catholic Church and some more uh, liturgical churches use, like confirmation or marriage or last rites and those type of things. And those are good things in what they're about, but they lack the mark. As much as God ordained marriage in the Old Testament, it is not something that Jesus himself, and that's the key about sacrament, is Jesus himself says, this is a mark of who you are. Mm Mm-hmm. And so we, Which he does with baptism and communion. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Do this until I come back. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have uh, service, which is mm-hmm. serving the church, serving others. That's outreach. Uh, spiritual support, which is, again, use of the gifts and building up the body. Mm-hmm. And worship, which mm-hmm. we just got done talking about. Yes. So when we talk about you have to have a preacher who has this style, no, you teach the word of God. Mm-hmm. Is there preaching involved? It can yeah. be. Yeah, and I mean, no matter what preacher you have, you're going to have a style. Like, yeah. You can't yes. not have a style. And, and that, that's often cultural. Yeah. Cultural and even his personality. Yep. Like, yeah. I don't know. I feel like, it, and plus it depends on who your audience is. Like, Oh, completely. If I were to go up, if I was asked to preach one Sunday, um, 
I would have a completely different style than how I currently teach from the high school youth group that I serve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally different. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So I don't preach the way I teach. I yeah. teaching is much easier for me. Preaching is a that is a challenge. That's a wrestling match. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't mind that. It means yeah. I don't get in the pulpit very often because that kills you. Yeah. The way that I train uh, when I do trainings for Culture Bound is very different than the way that I talk with my junior high girls about things that they're, they've got going on. Or your peers or my when you peers. teach them. Yep, exactly. It's all different because of who. Who you're talking to. Right. And like, um, there's I, just personalities that are different. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Interesting thing. The way I teach young adults, which young adults means eighteen through what, like thirty ish, ish, is different than our multi generational study school class, where I co teach with Mel, and that's closer to lecture, but high energy lecture because mm-hmm. it's the two of us bouncing on each other. Young adults is just there is no hidden anything. I just blatantly here we go, and we wrestle with it. And there are times I'm like I. I'm not able to do this. I need people to come in to help me on this. Mm. And it's a shared training mm. rather than, so that's training is different than teaching is different than preaching. Mm. But that doesn't mean if you're a preacher, you can't teach. And if you're a teacher, you can't preach or instructor. Yeah. Th- that again is a style thing. And you're going to have that different culture to culture. Mm-hmm. Mm. So the things that the church exists to do, what do you actually, what do you do with, Passages that command, you know, taking care of those who are vulnerable, yep. um, not just spiritually, but also very, very tangibly, like providing resources for right. people who are in a bad way, such as widows, orphans. Right. The like. uh, ironically, that has been the history of the church. When you look at uh, plagues that have come through the Roman Empire, it was the church that stuck around. All the rich people, all the people mm-hmm. who paid off the pagan uh, idol worshippers, they left. The Christians were, in large part, not terribly wealthy. They stayed, and many of them died from the diseases that came through. But when you have Justin the Apostate, one of the emperors of Rome that was uh, just said, I don't, like, I don't like Jesus, he actually went to the pagan temples and said, these Christians are making us look bad because they serve the downtrodden, and mm-hmm. we look terrible in the process. It's been the history of the church until about the last 150 to 200 years where the church stepped away and the government stepped in and gave a welfare state because we used to be connected neighborhood to neighborhood and you knew where your church was. And when you were hurting, the church and the neighborhood would gather around you and give you resources to help with mm-hmm. medical bills or to help you with sicknesses or any of those type of things. That was because we were in large part, we lived in small communities within a larger community of the city. Mm-hmm. Or in a country area where your neighbor would be off into Timbuktu, we relied on each other and the church was the glue that held that together. So the church Mm -hmm. for the last, say the, for my lifetime has done a very poor job of reaching out to them. We're now at the place we're doing it in modular areas, which is we have Mm -hmm. churches, so many churches within a close area. We say, you take care of the homeless, we'll take care of the widows, you take care of the orphans, we'll take care of the the uh, marginalized, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's where we've died, divided up our responsibility because one church can't cover it all. We'd go bankrupt just trying to help people out. So we share that responsibility church to church to church. So in terms of, of reaching out, in the 1990s, there was, well, in the 1980s, we began to lose the 16 through 35-year-old demographic. Mm-hmm. In the 1990s, churches started paying attention, and you started having some of these young 
pastors and, and uh, college uh, pastors began to say we are running into a difficulty because we're no longer appealing to or speaking the language of the young people. They went and did some demographics, a whole bunch of people around the U.S., and they discovered the ch- people, people basically said, we know the Bible. We were raised in the church. The church does not act like the church in Scripture. When are you going to start acting? And what they in large part said is you talk a good game, but you can't get off your derriere. Mm-hmm. And that's where the emerging church movement came from, which did a very good job of reaching out until they got older and then they sat on their derriere. Yeah. And I feel like that's that's a huge thing that I've well personally kind of been wrestling with is like, why isn't the church today doing what the church did at its beginning? Different time, different mentality, different government. And I, I hate to say this, I think we've let people off the hook. I think there's that. I think we approach church entirely differently. We don't. Oh, that's the thing is that we approach it as a commodity. We approach it as consumers, not as what can I do to serve my community. So you've heard this story before. And I'm going to say it again. Mm-hmm. When you have churches that have full serve Starbucks in their foyers, I go, okay, you want to provide coffee. And at our church, when we provide coffee, we provide very high quality coffee. Mm-hmm but it's free. We like donations, but it's free. But when you have full-serve Starbucks chains in your church, there's a question of, are you profiting from this? Or a bookstore. I love having a library. I love having some books that are available. But when you have a full bookstore that is a separate business from the church, basically pays rent, are we, are we turning into the temple where we are a den of thieves? Right, right. But then when you have mentality behind the church, and this is a lot of American churches, uh, my father as a pastor was talking to another pastor and said, why do the cars in your parking lot always look so brand new? And he said, in our contract, it says we must have a car that's no older than three years old, Mm -hmm. and it must be a luxury vehicle. And my father responded, why? And the pastor said, when people drive by, we want them to see that Jesus is there. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, and you're, we've, you're, ta- we've talked about this before on here too, and it's like that's that's the point I'm trying to get at. It's, it's like, sickening we've because we've it. missed the point exactly, and so I think that's a huge, you know, what you're talking about about you know the church isn't doing what it was actually supposed to do. We like we were meant to take care of people. That was a right. that was a big piece of it at least. Yes, that's mentioned over and over and over. And but when you see a we're pattern, it totally. When well, you see a pattern that's being developed from decades ago, mm-hmm. this is the result. And I don't want to, I don't want to bash on those yeah. churches because yeah. they, that's what they've that's, been given by that's their not it. And they're history. still, it's still the bride of Christ. Yes. Like, and we still love them. That's the thing is like Christ died for us in all of our ickiness and we're still icky. Like we still have yep. all of that crud yep. a lot of yeah. the time. But we get a lot of things confused. Yeah, well, absolutely. And what's being described actually has a name for it now. I mean, at least I've taught the terminology for the name, mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's the false understanding of moral therapeutic deism. Whoa. It's <laughs> um, very technical. It's a very no, technical I, term, but it's it's describing what um, – it tends to stem from Western uh, – it, it tends to be a false teaching from Western theology, and that is – Agreed. Um, the idea that Jesus is, and God is this, um, another friend puts it as like a cosmic vending machine. Mm-hmm. Um, you do X amount, you get result. 
mm-hmm. it's very God. mechanical. Yeah, it's very mechanical. It's and- very like God's hands off until we want him to be. Uh, very much like, uh, good th- good things mean you're doing good. Bad yeah. things mean you're doing things bad. Or so. It, so it has a bit of actually yeah. retributive justice or retributive theology in it. Then, um, but that's kind of the idea of what's being described, and that's kind of how we approach get selling Jesus. Like, okay. is under this guise of moral therapeutic deism of well, when you follow Jesus, our definition of good comes our way. Um, so we get all these riches and therefore then it begins to tote the line with prosperity gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we end up trying to sell it's, it's what we've sacrificed in order to get people to Jesus. Yes. Um, by but trying are you really to getting sell people him to Jesus. And that's the that's question what you're doing. I mean, and that's just the age old question of how, how far does bet how far can you bend theology before you've bent it too far? Yeah. Because we all are susceptible mm-hmm. to false teachings. We've like, and that's the question. It's like, what makes Catholicism okay? Like, mm-hmm. where people are willing to say we're following the same God, yeah, mm-hmm. but not Mormonism, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's they worship how a different far, God. how yeah, how far is too far, mm-hmm. right? And and that's what it comes down to is, um, yeah, that we're we've that we forget the story of the rich young ruler. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Um. Of Jesus says, "Cool, you want to follow me? Give up all your sell stuff. everything you got." Yeah. Um, and here's the funny thing: when you look at the Indian Church, so many of the leaders again different style, mm-hmm. and so many of the leaders get together and they repent once a year. You know what they repent of? Mm-hmm. These are people who are getting paid twenty five cents a day. Yeah. They get they get together and repent of their materialism. Yeah, and I think so. And what I'm trying, I'm not trying to say that being rich in in, in no, of no, itself, no, no, that, that having that wealth sense. is yeah. not a sin, but to then say that as a direct correlation to how close you are, and I'm using air quotes, yeah, um, to God is the wrong teaching. We get then into retributive justice. Yes. Yeah, and, and it's redistributive. No, it's an, it's no, 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 no. A... Uh, retributive, retributive. Okay. Like if you're retributive theology. So the idea that of if you if you're righteous, God blesses you. If you are wicked, you face suffering. So mechanism. You, yeah. So if you are okay. in suffering, yeah. then you are somehow wicked, and that's what the well, not what the Book of Job addresses, but you see elements of that theology in the Book of and Job. It's yeah, an okay. exact. Sense. It's a, it's honestly, it's a carbon copy of corporate culture and like Oof. economic culture in America. Yeah, that I, says if you work hard and you do this stuff, you will get things, and if you don't, Protestant work ethic. It's literally that. Which is, it does come from the Protestant work ethic, which yeah. is, if you work, you shall eat. And they took yeah. it to the next step and said, the more I have to eat, that means Hard of work, the more God has yeah, blessed you. Yeah, so we me. have a really, really, wow. really hard time separating our Americanism from our church lives. Mm-hmm. Incredibly difficult time, and that's because there hasn't been transformation of the core. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it's even the idea of where some of our ministries come from, this idea of, like, like, because even, like, churches that have this, this, the requirement of getting these luxury cars, right, when they do serve the or they see it as a power dynamic structure yep. uh, as opposed to a coming yep. alongside yep. or at least that's yeah. how it's modeled sometimes is, yeah. is, is from this top down approach of like, come join us on the Mount. 
instead of doesn't scripture speak against that uh, I guess when, if, you, when you have the the lord's supper together don't say come here sit at my feet let mm-hmm. him sit at the table with you mm-hmm. well it's even like uh what's the one parable that jesus used about like attending if you go up and you sit at the front row yeah you're going to be asked to sit in the back yeah but and but if you sit in, if you start off by sitting in the back you'll be asked to sit in the front yeah, the idea of the last will be first, the first will be first. The first will be last, and the last will be first. Yeah, which the last I checked checks out historically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. not just historically, but spiritually. Well, I mean, just from the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's something to be said about looking through the Old Testament and realizing that the firstborn rarely actually gets the the firstborn inheritance. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's significant. So it's completely countercultural. Yeah. Wow. For the time. So going forward throughout this series, we're going to talk a little bit more about um, churches across culture and other cult- cultures, what is normal for church. Um, and we'll talk more about the history of church and how we got to be the way that we are. Um, and so we're excited to dive into those topics and hope you will join us to listen in on those later through this month. Um, again, check out our social media and interact with some of those questions about church that we have posted up there to give you a better feel for how to start interacting with this series more. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Walking Between Worlds. There are several ways to stay up to date with what we're doing through this podcast. You're more than welcome to follow us on social media. We're active on Instagram. Our username is Walking Between Worlds Podcast. So you can go ahead and find us there. We also have a Facebook group that is attached to Culture Bound's Facebook page. If you visit that page, you should see the opportunity to join the Walking Between Worlds group where you can interact directly with us there. You can also join in the conversation by visiting anchor.fm slash walkingbetweenworlds. And there's an option on that page to record a minute long message, including your thoughts or questions for us here at the podcast. And you may even hear that clip on a future episode as we respond to it. So again, thank you for listening. We hope to hear from you and we will see you next week.